Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome to my second podcast episode ever. I'm having so much fun with this. I loved talking to my sister last week. I loved the response. I just think this is going to be the best outlet for me ever. I feel like there's going to be times when I just wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I need to talk and I will just sit down here with you guys. It's such a like slumber party energy and it's just great. It's great for a lot of other things too, like people in my life you know, they probably hate that I talk to them all the time. So I'll finally have another outlet. But today I wanted to do a solo episode because this is something that we're going to talk about a lot on the podcast. It's something that I've talked about so much um, on all my platforms. And that is body image and body dysmorphia and everything surrounding image in general. It has been a mission of mine in a lot of ways to open up that conversation and I've done it a lot on my YouTube channel if you guys know me you guys know my whole journey but I want to go through it on here and just kind of like you know give you guys the full story and we don't have to talk about it again I mean we're gonna talk about it again but just to know my history with it I just want to open up this conversation always because it's so important it's something that so many girls deal with not even just girls just everybody in general deal with i obviously want to disclaim put a little trigger warning that we're going to be talking about some dark stuff surrounding body image and my struggles with it so if you're listening just wanted to let you know that um and also just to let you guys know obviously i'm not a professional i have talked to multiple professionals about this kind of stuff because it's very very hard you know, it's very hard to deal with on your own, but I'm not a professional. So this is all just from my own personal experience. And that's for most everything in this podcast from here on out. So I kind of wanted to start from the very beginning. Um, I made a YouTube video about this. It's one of my, it's like my main channel trailer if you went on my YouTube channel. Um, And it's just my journey from start to finish. And I mean, there is never going to be a finish, I guess, but at the time, it was during quarantine, so I obviously have a lot of more updates for you on that whole journey and a whole different side of it that I've never experienced that I just love to keep you guys updated on on how I feel. I just want to be open. From the beginning, I'd say I obviously told you guys in the last podcast that everything in my childhood was a lot about appearance. Um, and it's weird because if you were to ask me what my biggest trigger for my body image was at the time, like you know, obviously there's probably subconscious stuff from my mom and just the fact that it was always about appearance with her, with everything we ate. It's just always been there. But I wouldn't say that that was like the main thing that triggered it because half the time I wanted to rebel against her (laughs) and that just made me eat more. Um, But obviously I'd have to say that being in the ballet industry is possibly the worst thing. Second to like modeling, Um, figure skating, all of that, just gymnastics. It's all so body-based and obviously not the best industry to nurture such a bad mental issue. But from the beginning, I always, I actually really didn't think about my body until I turned about 13. I obviously grew up in ballet and it was always a thing, but not to me because I had this perfect ballet body when I was little. I had a fast metabolism everything I ate, it just didn't really matter at the time. And then at 13 years old, naturally, as we all do, we hit puberty. I gained like my womanly figure and that meant hips and a butt and all this stuff that in ballet was so not what you wanted. You wanted to be a like skinny, 
square rectangle, no hips, no waist, which is so against what society now wants. Um, no butt, no boobs whatsoever. You wanted to just be like almost like a little boy body was just what was told or what what we saw, you know. Um, and there was never a ballerina that was a little bit heavier or more muscular. It was just you got to be stick thin. And that's the end of the story. And for ballet, it's not even just being skinny. It's you need to have the perfect foot arch, your bone structure. You can't be bow legged. It's like things you're actually born with that you just can't change. It's kind of like, you know, men in basketball. Like you have a dream to be a basketball player. You got to be somewhat tall. You know, you can't be like a five foot basketball. But it's just like what you're born with. And I think that was one of the hardest things too for me to grapple with at a young age is like literally bone structure. Like I can't change it for something that I want so bad that the industry has this one, you know, perfect body that I couldn't fit physically because I'm bow-legged or I have a bad foot arch. So that I struggled with a lot. And when I turned 13, I lived in New York with my mom. I started, you know, fully looking inward and just looking at my body and hating it. And I would write journal entries and I would draw myself next to these girls and I would like draw myself with these huge thighs. It was always about my thighs, always. Hated my thighs. I was like, oh my God, what are these hips? I could balance something on them. They are so like big and I would be so sad and just compare myself to everyone. And at the time, I would come home crying. I would hate my body. My mom did not have the best method and she would be like okay well let's just go on a juice cleanse tomorrow or let's just go to the gym all day and like I was just came back from ballet school at the time um and that was kind of the response from her and that was the only person I had I lived with her in a one-bedroom apartment um and it's weird because as you know the typical story should be like that's what messed me up the most and, you know, obviously it did not help, but it was just being in the ballet industry that really, really, really got to me. Um, and at the time I was, I was 13, seventh grade, I would keep a notebook on my toilet every morning. I would weigh myself. I needed to be a hundred pounds. Like I just needed it. I would eat like an avocado for dinner. I would go to the gym. I would like my biggest thing at the time was Victoria's Secret Models. It was that era of Victoria's Secret Models where they were like the top influencers. Like I followed everything they do, did. The Victoria's Secret fashion show was like the dream. It was just, oh my God. Like I, I, I could tell you right now, like everything those girls did in that year, I was obsessed. And that's like one of the reasons why it's gone now, which is crazy. But I just was not healthy. I, I never struggled with an eating disorder and that I can say with 100% certainty that I've never, I, I will not label myself as anorexic, bulimic, nothing of that sort, but 100% I had body dysmorphia and 100% I had disordered eating at multiple different periods of my life and I'll get into that as well. But after seventh grade, it just became this constant struggle of like, I hate my body and it was just I despised it. Every time I'm in ballet, I tried to hide it. I moved back to California when I was 14 or 15. And I just like went on this rampage throughout high school of just every day I hated my body. And, and I was in ballet from one o'clock to 9 p.m. every day. And you're just staring at yourself in the mirror in like the most unattractive outfit of all time, which is like 
white tights and a black leotard. So I would just cover it up with a skirt or just try everything I could in my power to to mask it. And there would be days that obviously I felt a little bit better and then there'd be days that I wouldn't. But I just, I turned that control into like very healthy eating. Like I had a food account on Instagram and I would post all these meals um, and it was just always about cleaning eating. Like the thought of having McDonald's on a on a night out or a thought like the thought of having cereal. I remember I posted on my private. I was like, oh, I wish I could just eat a bowl of cereal like I used to be. Like I was so neurotic about what I ate. And it was weird too. It's like you're in the ballet industry and it's like every single girl feels the same way, you know? It's like all your friends are struggling with the same exact thing. And you're all trying to support each other and just say all this advice that none of you guys are taking. Um, and you compare yourself to every other girl. It's just possibly the worst environment for someone with body issues. And it's just naturally going to come if you're in that industry. And I think throughout high school, just a lot of disordered eating. You know, I would test myself and be like, how long can I go in the morning to, di- to the day without being hungry, without eating? Um, it was... It was just so controlled. And I'm also someone that's diagnosed with OCD. So that is not a good combination. I remember that I went to Miami City Ballet's summer intensive when I was a sophomore going into junior year. And that summer, I just remember I I, I was so crazy about what I ate and I was very restrictive at the time and then also would go to the beach and tan all day and I just was very much all about appearance and I came home that summer probably the thinnest I ever was and I remember getting so much praise and like I came home to my mom and my mom was like wow you look amazing like I did all these photo shoots I got snow queen that year which was like the craziest thing ever as a junior to get snow queen and I remember during that time I'd probably say that time was the worst like part of my whole journey I was weighing myself every single day and I had to get to 117 that was the weight I had to get to and I still have my like I was into bullet journaling at the time I had like these weight trackers and I would bullet journal like every morning and on the day of the show I got to 117 it was the greatest day of my life I thought I could take over me and my friend would do it together. We would talk about it. We also had these apps, like I think it was called Life Sum or something, um, where I would literally scan every single thing I ate. If I ate one almond, I'm putting that in. If I ate one piece of dried mango, I'm putting that in. Like dried mango was the ultimate treat for me. It was like, oh my God, I, if, oh my God, I can have dried mango. Like that was dessert. So I did Snow Queen that year and then I auditioned for SAB Summer Intensive, and that's School of American Ballet, which is like the top training school. It feeds into the New York City Ballet. It's the only way you can get into the New York City Ballet. Um, And I auditioned for SAB for five years prior, and I got in that year, and I was like, wow, it's because I'm so skinny, and I look finally like a ballerina should. And that was just so detrimental, and that lasted that whole year until I actually went to SAB, And during that summer, my body completely changed. It was completely fluctuating. My appetite was up and I gained a significant amount of weight during that summer. And I remember just 
oh my god it was the worst thing ever it was like this is my big break and this is happening to me and my mom came and visited me that summer and she was like whoa like luna what happened like you gained so much weight and i just was so upset so upset and then that led into the next school year which i got snow queen again and that was when i made that video on my youtube channel where i was just bawling my eyes out and i was just unloading like a journal um and that's when it all kind of started that this is like my mission to talk about and i wanted to talk about it and i was crying on the floor after my dress rehearsal I just hated what my body looked like in my tutu. I was crying. It was awful. It was just awful. And after that, I posted that video and it got this crazy response. And like, I don't think I ever really talked about it with people because if I did talk about it with my mom or something, it was always not what I wanted to hear. And then if I talked about it with my friends, I'm like, well, I don't trust you because you hate yourself too. So who am I supposed to talk to about this? Um, so I posted it online and I got this crazy response and that's when it just really started healing for me. And obviously it's going to be a lifetime journey, but I had this community of people that felt the same way. And I also opened up, it opened up to everybody in my life that even people close to me would personally advise me or teachers or that. And opening up that conversation was one of the best things I ever did. So that's my number one advice for you. If you are really struggling, like take that energy outwards and just know that there's so many people out there that feel the same way, especially around this topic. Like it's just human nature at this point. Society has bred us to feel this way. Um, and I promise you, like the act of feeling less alone in that way is just the best healing method. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But yeah, that happened. And then my YouTube channel took off. That became my career. I was like, I don't even need to do ballet. I hate this. Like, I, I don't want to not eat for the rest of my life. I don't want to hate myself for the rest of my life. I don't want to get paid nothing for the rest of my life. I was like, fuck that. I'm doing YouTube full time. I hated ballet. I was done. I was done. After senior year, I was like, don't never get me back in class. Like, I'm done. And then I 
I don't know. I don't know. At the time, it was just then my everything about my body. It was just not it wasn't there. And it was almost like put on pause. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It was like, okay, my biggest trigger is gone. Now it was all about me fitting into society. It was like, okay, well, now I, I actually want boobs and I actually want a butt. And, and naturally I had that. So I was like, oh, great. Um, and it was just a totally different, it, it was a totally different shift. Um, and I think, obviously, <laughs> the moral of the story is that ballet maybe wasn't the best environment for me or for anyone. Um, but I, I was able to gain that healthy relationship back. But the struggle with my body will never end. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is that it's it's a it's a thing, you know, especially as a young woman, your body will fluctuate and that is totally normal. And it's interesting because then the pandemic hit at the time and I I think maybe then was the most I've ever gained weight or the most I've ever weighed. And I was so happy. I was literally happy. I did not care. I had a, my first boyfriend at the time. He loved my body. So what did, what did I have to do? Like, I, you know, I didn't do ballet. It was just my body was my body and it was my my like facility. And that was kind of it. And then when me and my first boyfriend broke up, I kind of experienced that breakup diet, you know, where I I was so anxious that I just didn't even eat for two weeks. And I remember my body changed actually drastically at the time which was weird. But I remember that's kind of when it triggered back for me. So after that breakup, I think my weight obviously changed, but I, I kind of felt like I was in a stronger place at the time where it didn't really affect me that deep. Um, and I, I really can't remember this time. Like this time of my journey, I just don't remember. I do remember at the time I got into this toxic relationship where... It was a lot about appearance, but in a different way. Like he was telling me to get lip injections and he hated my hair this way. Or I I kind of remember at the time I was very much all about the male gaze and I would like post my body and edit my body to look like I had this huge butt and huge boobs. And it was like a totally different goal than what I always normally wanted, which was interesting. And yeah, no, the whole Facetune thing. Oh, my God, I'm the queen of it. I was doing that all day, all day, like from the age of 13, I have photos of, of me on Instagram where you can literally just see the line go whoop, like warped. It was just, it was just part of my norm. It was like, I can't even go on Instagram without face tuning. And my friend would watch me do it. I remember me and my friend would take photos and she would just, well, it's just like human nature. All right, here I go to face tune. And she looked at me and she's like, what if you just didn't do that? And I was like, what? No, like I have to do that. I don't anymore unless there's like a, I don't even know, like a pimple. Yeah, I'm going to edit it out, whatever. But I don't know. It, it was interesting. It's so interesting now looking back at it because I have, I'm in a place of such strength and I can see other girls go through exactly where I was and there was just no really helping me. Like I needed to go through my journey. And like I think about that on a lot of things in life, you know, like I look at girls that are in toxic relationships like I was and I was just like, I don't have advice for you. I'm not going to tell you, hey, you should leave because it's not good for you and it's stunning your growth. Like, pff, nothing's going to change. Like, you're going to stay in until you want help. You're going to stay in it until until you reach that point. Nothing anyone says. Like, 
there's things that people can say that can obviously help you see clearer or maybe make a decision faster. But until you make that decision for yourself, nothing's going to change. And that's what I tell a lot of people. It's like, either way, you're going to learn from this experience. Obviously, if it's not like a life or death situation, but you're going to learn from this experience. It's going to make you stronger and you just kind of have to write it out. Not with obviously really detrimental whatever, but you have to be gentle with yourself is kind of what I'm trying to say. And I think it's interesting. I'm just going to finish up this journey with my body because it completely transferred into a new thing lately, which I've talked about on my Instagram. But I, yeah, I was in that toxic relationship. Body wasn't really a thing. I don't think I was that insecure about my body. I don't think there was such a thing about it. I found my passion for ballet in a way where I I didn't have to be a certain thing. There was no pressure. Um, I wasn't like training to be a student and be in professional company. I just went for fun. So wh- who cares what my body looked like? And that's kind of where I was at the time. So this past year, I struggled maybe the most I ever had with my mental health in a completely different way where I understood now I've been OCD my whole life. I got diagnosed with OCD. I went on antidepressants um, on Zoloft currently. I I just realized that I, I'm someone with pure anxiety. Everything from my childhood, every little thing that I thought was normal is like textbook OCD, textbook anxiety. Like from a young age, I would see a shirt in, a, in the mall and I'd be like, five days later I'd be like if I don't have this one shirt that I saw five days ago for school tomorrow the world will end I need it I was so impulsive I needed one certain shirt to sleep one certain pair of underwear to sleep the same like it was crazy and I've always been like that and I've always had textbook anxiety too since a young age and I think this year I understood that my way of of handling it or the first thing that goes with my anxiety is my appetite. And it's weird. It's never really been like that. I feel like normally when people are like, oh, I'm so depressed, like I can't eat. For me, it's like, oh, when I'm depressed, I, I just want ice cream and I want to eat so much. But with pure anxiety, I think I've realized for the first time this year, like the absolute first thing to go is my appetite. Food is not on my mind. Even if people like take, we go out to food or we... Um, are eating like I, I just can't swallow it I find like my anxiety my chest is just like it's so wound up and it's just not possible for me like food is the hardest thing to think about when I'm anxious or going through an anxious spell it's, it's just not it doesn't cross my mind and that it's weird because when I was little and I would hear me saying this or anybody say this I'd be like oh I'm so jealous of them you know like to not even think about food is amazing because my whole world revolved around food when I was struggling at the time it was like okay I'm waking up I'm gonna eat this breakfast but if I eat this then I have to work out later and then if I eat this one snack then I can't have this one snack later it was like so my whole world my whole day was planned out around my food and now it's like not even part of the equation like what a dream right like this is the dream and now I'm I'm losing all this weight and I'm not even thinking about it like what a dream and I it's it's interesting cuz you don't that's what I thought you know that's what I always thought growing up is like that's what that's the goal right all these girls that naturally have this body don't have to do anything about it they can eat McDonald's or this and that and they don't even have to think about it that's like the dream it's all I wanted that's what I would cry over and then 
this year I experienced it where I lost weight out of nowhere, like a, a very drastic amount, scary amount of weight where close friends, family members, everyone was very, very worried about me. I had to have meetings like my d- ballet director called me and she doesn't do that. And she called me and she was like, hey, I just have to ask, like, I'm really worried about you. And a lot of people brought it up to me. And it's like, I I did not cracker. And this whole past year, I'd be in ballet and and people were so worried about me. And it, it was interesting because that's kind of what I always wanted. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to say is like, I've always wanted attention and, and attention for, for being skinny. Wow. Like, what a dream. And it's so interesting because it was so not that. It was so not that. It was complete guilt. I felt so guilty. I was like, oh my God, I've made my whole brand now about accepting my body and, and everyone thinks I'm relapsing. The comments on Instagram were crazy. It was like, oh my God, Luna, I got to unfollow you. I got so many messages like, Luna, I have to unfollow you. Like, you don't stand for what I believe in anymore. You don't look like how like you 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 always say we should and I have to unfollow you. And that broke my heart. I was like, oh my God, like I'm not even intentionally doing anything. Like I am just, it it was just like kicking a dog when you're down. It's like, I'm not even intentionally trying to do this. And now my whole like brand is around, it it was just so weird. And then it's also, it put all my worth on my body. I was like, oh, so people only follow me to feel comfortable with themselves because I don't look like a, like a Bella Hadid, you know? I was like, oh my God. So that's all they care about is like, they don't even care about what I'm saying or who I am. Like they only care about my body. And it just became this whole conversation. Um, And there were so many things. So the whole follower thing was really tough on me because again, and I totally understand it. If I were to see an influencer that I looked up to lose a drastic amount of weight who always talked about body image and like obviously kind of looked like she was relapsing, I would feel the same exact way. I totally get it. I also made a video once or or talked about it once where I was like yeah if you follow girls on Instagram that make you insecure unfollow them and like <laughs> you know I, I literally told these girls to do it if I'm making them insecure you know they unfortunately I was the one they had to unfollow and I totally get it like no part of me didn't understand the worry or all of that but it it just felt so wrong to me and it was just the whole conversation was all about my body and everything I posted, I couldn't post anymore because people were like, oh, well, you're trying to show your ribs. I was like, well, no, this is an outfit I would always normally wear, but it's just, I look different now. And it was just, it was so sad. It was so sad to me. And then another aspect of it that was obviously hard for me was my mom, who always wanted me to look this way, loved it, you know? And it it was interesting because I think it was it, the conversation just stopped being kind of about my body or she would just compliment me a lot more um and then it turned into her being worried about me which i never experienced she'd be like oh luna it's time to eat now come on like you're getting too skinny it's it's you're too little i'm like mom i'm not even intentionally trying to do this but it was weird it was almost like it felt kind of performative from her or i just couldn't believe it and that was a whole nother thing it it didn't affect me as much as I thought it would, you know, and, and I mean, I'm still dealing with this right now. It's still, it's, this is very current and I'm being very open with you guys about it because I genuinely, I know how it sounds. This was not intentional. This was not intentional. It was all anxiety based. 
And I'm not going to lie to you guys when it did happen. And when I did look this way, I, I, I really did like it. I was like, wow, I look so much better in my clothes. My clothes fit me cooler, nicer. I felt like I was getting more brand deals. I was like, finally, designer brands want to work with me. And like, yeah, I, I started getting more designer brand deals, which was, you know, I was like, wow, because it's because I finally am sample size. I finally look like how they want me to. It was all those negative thoughts coming back in. And it triggered something, but it triggered something so different for me because I didn't want to look different, but I also didn't want to look like that. And I just, I didn't know what to do. And I, I felt like a fraud. I felt like I, my message, everything that I, I say meant nothing. And it was just really sad for me. And I, I dealt with it a lot and, and I have a lot of really good support around me, like my boyfriend, is always there for me. He's always ordering me th this and that. And it's just very gentle with me, with my body. And, you know, my sister, all these people. My, I have such good people in my life that helped me a lot through that. But it's interesting right now. It's not so much of a current thing in my mind. But I think that's also just because I'm the most anxious I've ever been in my life, which is so different for me. But I, I just don't really think about food. And that's the scary thing. And I have to wake up and make these smoothies to even make sure that I get nutrients in the day because God knows I could go the whole day without even thinking about food. And and that's a whole like thing in itself. So I make these smoothies in the morning with a bunch of powders and, and protein and all that, which is great. But then I like, I just don't, food is not even on my mind. And then if I do get food, I eat two bites and I'm so full because my stomach has been trained now to be small, smaller. And then another thing that's like the only way for me to eat is that when I get high and I've never even expressed this to you guys, but I started smoking weed at night because I'm like, well, that's the only way that I can eat. That's the only way that I get hungry. And then food tastes so good. And I'm so excited about food finally. So I would smoke but then I'm eating junk, junk, like gushers and Slurpees. And I, I'm, this is so current, you guys. Last night I was eating nerd clusters high with a Slurpee. Like, <laughs> this is so current. I don't know, I even know why I'm talking about all this right now. I'm being very open. I'm an overshare. I'm an overshare, but whatever. It's, it's good, right? It's good for, <laughs> for what I do, I guess. I'm just trying to be honest with you guys. And have you guys also helped me in finding out what the hell this is but that's kind of my struggle now and that's where I'm at and I just don't know I, I know that my body fluctuates and I think everybody will find its homeostasis like where it's naturally you feel the best and what that healthiest thing for your body is and it's different for everybody I don't know if right now that's that for me because obviously I'm not eating as much as I should because I physically can't like until I I can find ways for my anxiety to be handled but it's just I don't know it's, it's just a really a constant struggle and I think I'm just trying to open up to you guys to to tell you that there's so many different journeys and so many different ways that I've dealt with it and I want to go through things that help me on a daily basis just thoughts and things that that just take you out of your body and realize like, oh, 
life is so much bigger than what I look like. And I'm going to go through those things with you right now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So this kind of all sparked the other day. I was sitting with my friend or friends, a bunch of girlfriends, and we were talking. And the way we were talking, I was so into it. I was like, yeah, like, maybe I'd get a boob job. Like, I kind of want to get this, like, liposuction right here. And, like, I feel like if my hair and body looked like this, like, we were all talking about our bodies in a way of just, like, being dolls. Like, what, what could we do to mold ourselves to be perfect? And we were talking about it as if it was the most casual conversation in the world. And I literally, I looked at her, like I looked at all of us and I was just like, whoa, it was an eye opener. It was an eye opener. I was like, I literally looked at them and I was like, I can't believe we were all placed on this earth, you know, whatever you believe in, an atom, whatever. We were placed on this earth, the cavemen, the first, the first people that walked the earth were placed on this earth to just like survive and experience the beauty of nature and like succeed but now like look at our look at us like what are we doing we're we're sitting here analyzing our bodies what we look like getting filler getting this like it was so shocking to me i was like this is not the ultimate purpose of life whatever you believe in i believe in the universe i believe in karma i believe in all of that and we were not placed on this earth to to criticize our body to sit here and hate ourselves our whole lives or, or try to look a certain way it was just so not what we're meant to do on earth and i saw a girl make this tiktok the other day and it was like when we were literally placed here as cavemen to like forage and pick berries and now i'm sitting here like at a boob job consultation like it was something like that and i was like whoa this is what i've always said is like when you really pause and you take yourself completely out because it's interesting because depression is obsession of self and someone told me that once and i read up on about it it's just you're taking all that energy inwards all of it is inwards and it's such a big problem it's just like oh it's just dark in there and i've totally been there i've been there so bad and i know i talk like as if i'm out of it but i'm there i'm there constantly with whatever regardless of my body maybe i'm struggling with some emotional issue it's just oh it's doom it's for the rest of my life it's just dark and i'm all so inward and i pile things on and i'm like oh and also i hate myself and also my dog is sick and also like i'll just i'll pile i pity myself and i think once you completely take that energy off of yourself is where you can actually heal and like come back to earth and I talked to my therapist about this because I was like, I really feel like I'm in a place of like, I can look at what I go through from an outer point of view and kind of be okay with what my character goes through in life. And that's what I said to her. I was like, I, it's almost like I'm a character and I'm like going through life 
and I can completely take myself out of that. And it was like the craziest realization. And she was like, oh, that's called having an observing ego. And this is what the definition for an observing ego is. Observing ego is a person's ability to step outside of themselves to observe their actions, affect defenses and motivations and determine the effect they're having on whomever they're interacting with. So it, it's, it's a really, really good like outlet for me because I think my biggest problem is because I'm so obsessive, I get so deep in it and I look so inward and I'm just piling things on, piling things on until I'm in bed and I'm just like, the only way to end this is just death. Like this is doom. This is for the rest of my life. And I think that's probably one of my biggest anxiety triggers is is doom. Just the idea that it won't end, you know, and I, I'm always I always prove myself wrong. You know what I dealt with a year ago that was so big to me. Now I don't even think about, you know, and if you can have that observing ego, I think that's like where there's true healing. Like if you can really, really harness that, I think that's like the answer. That's where I'm at right now. It's like my biggest thing. I also read up about something called cognitive reframing, which is kind of similar. It's, um, I'll, I'll say the definition, it's cognitive reframing is a technique used to shift your mindset so you're able to look at a situation, person, or relationship from a slightly different perspective. Um, yeah, kind of the same thing. It's just, I, think of yourself as a character. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but for real, what is this life like life is crazy we were all like this human body think about it we got a small intestine we got a large intestine like we our bodies were made like this crazy thing was made up and we were placed on this earth for you know whatever the lifespan is let's say it's 100 years you got 100 years to to get whatever you can out of this life and then you go to wherever we don't know you know it's like and we're sitting here like thinking about our lips and our thighs and it's just crazy it's so crazy just look at yourself from an outer point of view look at your priorities look at what you want in life what you want to be remembered for and I know I know every single one of you do not want to sit there and be remembered for what your lips or what your thighs look like I know you you want to be remembered for what you did to affect this earth you know like did you come here and get everything that you could if this is our only chance? Did you come and look at nature and look at things that are bigger than you and be like, wow, like that's life. You know, it's not it's not all about your appearance. It's not what we we're placed here to do. And I think that's like the biggest thing that's helped me is just looking at that from an outer point of view. Um, another thing is like existential thinking, which can be very negative in a lot of ways like I can't stand when people in my life were like oh we're gonna die anyway so who cares what I do today um which I don't like that I want like every day to count and I want everything to be done with intention always but I did say this once it's like you know we are gonna die one day and we'll be laying in that casket or you know burned to ashes whatever whatever is gonna happen and you're not going to be remembered for your thighs. You're not going to be sitting there doubt like like sad because you ate that one bowl of cereal in seventh grade or you had that one McDonald's fry. Like really think about life. And that's where my healing just 
you know, takes off. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm like, we're all the same. And I'm going to be laying there one day and I don't want to spend my whole life upset because I didn't get my thighs to look a certain way. And that's just, that's it. That's the truth. That's like, it's so easier said than done. It's so much easier. I know. But that's like where it all lies. That's like the answer for me. Um, And you also just need to remember like, our body is literally just this vessel to take us through. God willing, we're healthy, you know, and it's amazing. I can walk. I have arms. I have legs. Everything is functioning. I'm a, I'm a healthy person. And a lot of people can't say the same. And that's, that's like incredible, you know, and I'm sitting here hating my body and hating myself when I'm, I'm completely healthy. Um, and you just have to remember too, your body fluctuates and throughout life, it will through every single moment of your life, you know, like, look at me, I'm the skinniest I've ever been. And, and I'm so anxious and I'm struggling so bad. And that that's a part of my life I'm in. And then there's another part where I'm so happy and, and I gained the most weight that I ever did, you know, and I was so happy at the time. So it's just your body goes through these phases and you just like, it's your vessel to take you through life. It's not your whole worth. Your It's not your whole worth. And that's something that's also very important. And everybody has its like homeostasis and where you feel that you're best with every food and all the nutrients that you eat, like what your body looks like when you feel the best. And that looks different for every single person. And that's what's so beautiful about humans is we're all so different, you know, and each body has its has its norm, you know, and, and your body will tell you what's right for you. I don't think my body is at its norm right now because I'm struggling so bad with my anxiety that I don't, it's definitely not, I don't, I don't feel healthy. Like I really, I really truly don't. I wake up with no energy. I'm not feeding my body what it should, the nutrients it should. I can feel it. You know, I get high at night and I'm eating junk food. I wake up in the morning feeling disgusting. Um, I know for a fact this isn't my homeostasis and that's okay. Like, again, I'm looking at it from an observing ego being like, okay, this is a part of my life. I'm working actively with people every single day to try to get better. Um, but you I have to look at it from an outer point of view because if I'm really in it like that, like I I don't trust myself with that. Like I it's been such a constant struggle for me that I just I can't go through that again, you know? Like I have to look at it from an outer point of view. Another thing that I think about is I don't want to be one of the many. I don't want to be the girl that changes everything about her body and face tunes her photos and posts it and it just feeds into that into that you know narrative and that disease that we're all struggling with i want to be the change like i know it's so like society at this point it's like oh it's just is it gonna change you know like models have looked this way forever ballet dancers have looked this way for centuries like is it ever actually gonna change um, and I know that's like a really scary thought, but but if you're the change, like think about it. Think about your kids, like your little girl. You do not want her to go through that. Like you want to be the person that that changes that for her and for the future generation. And I know it's like, oh, well, global warming, you know, if we if we don't use that one plastic straw, like, oh, who cares if I if this one plastic straw won't ruin it, right? No, it's everybody needs to think the same way. And that's why I'm I'm talking about it. It's like if you guys are the change, you don't need to be a huge influencer or this or that. Just like if you talk to yourself differently, if you don't feed into that that narrative, that's where like 
the change will happen and I know that you're going to feel a lot better about yourself and that will give you a purpose and it's just like the way the world needs to go and I know it's like it's addictive it's kind of like a drug to to think about you yourself negatively um but if you can switch that it's the hardest thing you're gonna do it's gonna be the hardest switch for your mind to do did I master it hell no hell no but if you can really like just harness that womanly and you want to be one of the girl like you want to be the one that stands up for women and 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 not even that just in in every gender and every and every way like you want to be that change i know you guys i know you don't want to be one of the many you want to be different you want to be unique please like join the movement but <laughs> no but actually like don't don't just be one of the basic ass bitches like be the change and that's what I'm trying to say. If you're the ballet dancer that's a little bit more muscular or this or that, be the fucking change because it needs to happen and it's going to start somewhere. And obviously it's become such a conversation that not a lot of people have had, you know, for, for decades. I know like my mom for sure didn't talk about her feelings or her body or this or that with people in her life when we, they were my age, you know, but we can and that's why I'm having this conversation with you guys is like we're all struggling with the same shit like we're all looking at the same girls on Instagram we're all daily looking at ourselves in the mirror and and wanting to be different at least I am you know and I just want you guys to know that you're not alone and it does get better and I know I'm also speaking from a place of a current struggle which is new for me but I can guarantee you guys like in every part of my life, it does get better. And I'm not in that place right now where I'm so in it. It's not my main narrative of life. It doesn't wake me up in the morning and, and like direct my life anymore, which it, I never thought it would get out of, you know, I thought food and the idea of my body would, would be just the rest of my life, the main event. And now it's, it's different. It's different. It's in, it's in a different way. And of course I'm struggling and it's a whole nother thing now where it's like, okay, well, I lost all this weight. I got all this pr weird praise for it, but also not. And I want to gain it back. But then, but this is what I've always wanted. So like, sometimes I'll, I'll look at myself in Pilates and I'm like, well, okay, no, I need to like gain my strength back. This is good. But I'm like, oh, do I want that weight back? Like, no. And it's just a constant, it's a constant thing you're going to have to deal with. And I'm not perfect. I'm not coming from a place of a, you know, God complex of telling you that this is the answer. But these are things that have helped me a bunch and I think will help you guys too. And I hope I made uh, even a little bit of sense because I was all over the place and I feel like I've been screaming. I feel like I've been screaming at you guys, but I am. I'm screaming at you guys that you just need to you need to take yourself out of your body and just look at the grand scheme of life. And I know that that's going to work for some people and for some people it won't but be gentle with yourself be okay with your journey and, and what you're going through and I just I know that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel and I'm I'm there to tell you that but I'm also there to tell you that it's it's going to be a lifelong journey and that's okay and I'm here for you and I'm here to talk and send in whatever you guys want to send in i would love to answer your questions about it open up the conversation this is definitely not the first podcast episode we're going to be talking about body image but i'm just really happy that i got to sit down with you guys it's also 
very cathartic for me to just sit here and, and scream to you guys my thoughts. And now I really believe what I'm saying. I really do. Maybe in 10 minutes I'll forget it, but believe what I'm saying right now. And we're all sitting here so beautiful, so stunning, so different. And that's just incredible. And that's the meaning of life. And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, oh my God, I feel crazy right now. That was That was like therapy. That felt like I was going to like a rage room and like throwing glasses against the wall. That's what that felt like. So thanks guys for being my outlet. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope that you guys got something out of this. And let me know on Instagram. Message me what kind of episodes you want to see from me, what topics you want to see me talk about. I think this is so much fun and I just can't wait for the episodes to come. So Thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.